0: Parker, can you tell the podcast listeners about the time when we played Candyland?
1: <laughs> 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 when we were playing Candyland, I was at the—we were all playing a board game at our house, and I was about to win, and I drew the card and made me go back to the very start. <laughs> and I got so mad, I threw the board over at, at Candyland. And I, was, I don't remember how old it was. It was like you five, were five, yeah. yeah, five years old.
0: Hi, friends. It's our very last episode of season one of We're Going There, and I thought long and hard about how to end the season. And what better way to talk about something that I never publicly talk about, right? Matt and I have been married now for 10 years, and in those 10 years, I've also become an insta mom to two kids. The word stepmom feels dirty and comes with so much baggage, so I'd like to say that I put the mom in s'mom and the pep in step. And for those that don't know what a SMOM is, it's a stepmom, but it sounds so much better. Now, before you tune out or tune off because you feel like you don't relate to the topic, let me beg to differ. Though you may not be a step-parent, 50% of those listening probably have a step-parent. And if you were a stepchild, you are 50% more likely to meet and marry a child of divorce yourself. But this is my favorite crazy statistic. 100% 100% of people listening to this podcast right now know someone who is a step-parent or a stepchild. That stat blew my mind. So please take note and listen. If not for you personally, then for so many of our friends who don't understand or have hope that light can shine even in the dark aftermath of divorce. I've been in Parker and Ryan's life since they were three and five, and now they are 14 and 16 years old. Statistics show that 90% of divorced mothers have custody of their children, but... Matt really fought hard during his divorce to have 50-50 custody with the kids. And because he's a stellar dad, the courts decided to grant him 50% joint custody, which is very rare. Now that Parker is in high school, we have him full-time, and I'm so honored to see him grow into the awesome man that he's becoming. Now, out of respect for both of the kids, I have intentionally given them space to grow up without having people pry into their personal lives. I am very open and public about my life, but that doesn't mean that they want to be. So I've been very protective over their story. But as Parker mentioned in his retelling of our Candyland debacle, in my parenting journey, there have been many highs and lows. We've moved forward and then we've slid all the way back. We've been stuck in the land of the chocolate swamp and have even dropped into the cherry pitfalls. But we've even had some sweet times, like we were at Ice Cream Seas. Now, I know, I might lose some of you, but if you haven't played Candyland, one, I'm sorry for you because the game is super awesome, and two, The general idea of the game is to make it to the candy castle where everyone lives on a perpetual sugar high and lives happily ever after. The old house aren't there yet, but we are committed to rolling the dice, moving forward and not flipping over the board game of life when we slide down the ice cream slopes and end up in the undesirable chocolate swamp. On today's podcast, it's very special for me. In fact, I have invited every single guest to be on this show except this one. This is my first guest who asked to be on the show. And the guest today is my favorite son and favorite football player, Parker Mason Oltoff. So you want to watch the football game during our podcast interview?
1: Yes, because I have to keep sure of the fantasy. I'm <laughs> playing my dad right now and I want to win.
0: Oh, actually, that's a great place to start off. Um, what? How much are you going to win if you win the fantasy football league?
1: I think $360, and then I'm going to give some of it to my dad because he paid for it for me to get in.
0: Okay, and then what about me? What am I going to get? Because I cook for you every day. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> that's that's um, his loan is part for you. Okay.
0: You know what? That's fine. That's totally fine. My heart in this podcast is not only to hear his story, but also to share some statistics, slip-ups, stories, and most importantly, hope. So let's jump in. You know what? That's fine. That's totally fine. Okay. So Parks, a little bit about the podcast is um, it's entitled We're Going There because I want to talk about things that people don't usually talk about. And you have full permission, and this is recording right now, you have full permission to be 100% honest, to be 100% real that there is nothing that you can say that's going to hurt my feelings because there's so many kids that come from divorced families and some of them have great sit parents, some of them don't. Um, So this is your opportunity. You're going to keep it real. Um, But how about this? Just for good audio, can we turn off your football game? Oh, This is a great – see, everyone's going to know that you're just a really great kid because you kind of obey sometimes. Okay, so um, are you ready? We're going to get warmed up. Yeah. Um. I want you to be 100% honest. And it's also being recorded. It's being recorded for Zoom and also for YouTube. So um, you can talk to people directly at the camera. You can say, what's up? No gang signs preferably, please. And um, we're gonna do a little warm up game cause you know, old tops are a little bit stiff. You gotta like loosen up. Okay? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna ask you some questions. Are you ready? Lightning round. You can give me like one word or like short answers. You ready? Who's your favorite step-parent?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, let me cl- clarify. Who's your favorite stepmom? You. Good answer. Good answer. What grade are you in?
1: 11th. How tall are you? I'm um, like 6'1", I think.
0: Oh, no way. Your father's 6'1". You have like easy no, two he's inches. Like, he's like 5'11". Don't tell him that. He's Don't tell him 5'11. that. He's not 5'11". You
1: went to the doctors and he said he's like...
0: 5'11. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that you are 6'3". I think you're about 6'3". Plus your hair makes you that much taller, for sure. I
1: think like 6'1", 6'2", maybe.
0: And what is your GPA at the end of the year going to be? Uh, 4.0. You know what, I just, this is documented for all of the podcast listeners. You're going to get 4.0. I'm so proud of you. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes. Is she pretty?
1: Of course.
0: Um. What ethnicity is she?
1: Hispanic. <laughs>
0: Yes! You guys, for those that are listening on the podcast, he's getting all shades of red and very embarrassed. So we'll go ahead and uh, we'll transition. You got an A-plus on the lightning round. So we're going to go dive right into this episode. So like I spoke to you about, we're going to be talking about um, what it's like to be kid that survived and went through a divorce. So let's start off with something. Um, we're just going to go straight there. Do you remember... Do you remember your parents being married?
1: Like very little, but I remember like living in, I think when we were all in a house, but like, I don't think Ryan was like one, Mm -hmm. but that's the only thing I remember. I don't remember much.
0: So how old were you when the divorce happened?
1: I don't even know, like three, two.
0: And um, do you remember anything about what it was like when your parents were married?
1: When they're married? I don't remember what it was like when we were married because I was so young, so I don't really remember much when we married.
0: Do you remember the first time that you and I met?
1: Yeah, I actually, where were we at the, the mall? We were? And then I remember we went dancing on the, the little stage.
0: Oh my gosh, Parker, I kind of feel like crying. I don't remember, I didn't know that you remember that. Yes. Yes. Do you remember how old were you?
1: Like seven or eight or you nine? Were five. Oh, five. Yeah, Yeah, but I remember that. Everyone dancing at the thing.
0: Okay, so that was one of the best memories um, because I got to meet you and Ryan for the very first time together on that day. And for those that don't know, Ryan is my 14-year-old stepdaughter. So Parker is 16 and Ryan is 14. And I met them at three and five and we got married at five and seven. Um, Parker, can you tell the podcast listeners about the time when we played Candyland?
1: (laughs) When we were playing Candyland, I was at the. We were all playing a board game at our house, and I was about to win, and I drew the card that made me go back to the very start. And I got so mad, I threw the board over at, at Candyland. And I, I don't remember how old it was. It was like you five, were five. Yeah. yeah, five years old.
0: Um, this is going to be a great pause because we're going to transition and talk about some not so fun stuff. And I'll say, as someone who is just dating that and trying to get to know the kids. I remember thinking, who is this child and where did he come from? Good Lord. So I want to using Candyland as like a great visual example of what it feels like to step-parent and also for it must feel like to be like a kid of a divorced family. There's going to be times where you feel like we're making progress and then you draw a card, something in life happens And I think that there's been some times where both you and I have flipped over the board game of life when we have had frustrations. True or not true?
1: Yeah, it's very true.
0: So let's talk about um, you. A lot of your friends are have divorced, uh, come from divorced families, and you come from a divorced family. What do you remember about maybe some of the transitions, like whether it was like me and your dad getting married or your mom and your now stepdad getting married. Like, Can you talk about some of the emotions that went through that? Friends, I'm pausing this interview right here to share some alarming statistics on the emotional effects of divorce on children. Malachi 2.16 says that the Lord hates divorce. And yes, I'm sure it was because it was regarding breaking the covenant and the promise of marriage, but I also think it's because of the damaging effect of those around the couple as well. For example... Teens of divorced parents or in blended families are 300% more likely to need psychological help. In fact, the psychological problems that occur during a divorce are on par, if not worse, with those who have lost a parent to death. And 50% of children of divorce who are living in a dysfunctional environment are more inclined to attempt suicide.
1: Yeah, well, I was really like, it was getting annoying because I didn't, I wasn't used to getting going back and forth all the time. But it wasn't, like, weird seeing them with other people because I, I, didn't, I didn't know. But then the weddings, I got sick at your wedding, and I don't remember anything.
0: Y'all, when I heard him say this, it broke my heart. The months leading up to the wedding, we included the kids in almost every decision. I wanted them to know that we were all getting married, not just Matt and I. The morning of the wedding, I knew it was going to be a lot on Parker because he was five years old and old enough to understand what was happening. He didn't say it, But in my heart, even to this day, I believe it was a very traumatic moment for him to witness the reality that his biological parents were never gonna be together. And though I am grateful that Parker is growing up to be a well-adjusted young man, we really wrestled with him as a child and preteen. Now, I'm not saying that this was the direct effect of divorce, but let me share some statistics of how divorce physically affects children. According to research in 2017, children of divorce are more likely to experience physical hardship than those parents who remain married. For example, self-injury, asthma, headaches, and yes, even speech impediments. In fact, children of divorce are 50% more likely to develop health problems. Granted, Parker ate every dessert on our reception table, but the reason I believe he vomited and felt ill was because it was so much for his little heart to handle.
1: And then their wedding, I don't know, I just don't remember that either. Well, it was like... I, I wasn't sure about Jonathan because he wasn't, he didn't really like talk to me, but now I, I like him, but, and I was just like confused a little bit of what was going on. So,
0: so I want to go on that confused part. So were you confused because I mean this, let's just ask this question. Maybe I know it's different now because you're like 16, you're a little bit older, but when you were a kid, do you wish that your parents were still together?
1: Um, no, not really because then like, I wouldn't know you or Jonathan.
0: Wait, are you saying that just to be nice?
1: well, we wouldn't be in, like, Irvine or Mission Viejo. It would just be different. So I'd rather have it how it is right now than if they stay together.
0: So let's, like, have some real talk. What is, like, what's the hardest part about going back and forth and houses and custody and conflict between your parents, if there is any?
1: What do you mean in conflict?
0: Like if mom and dad like fight
1: well it's not some most of the time they like tell us tell me or my sister to be like the communicators between the two and it gets really annoying because i don't want to go and communicate between their problems and neither does ryan and i hate when we go back and forth because like I have to bring some stuff from he- like one house to the other house. And so does Ryan and it just gets annoying, bring it all back and forth.
0: Do you feel like that sometimes like your head and heart feel like it's split too? Cause in like, I know that every household has their own like rules or expectations or demands or whatever. Do you feel like sometimes it's two different worlds, like from our house to mom's house?
1: And in some ways, yeah, but most, most of it's kind of the same like some rules are like they have different rules and here is different rules. But other than that, it's pretty much the same.
0: So when you think about like divorce and what that means, do you feel like it's, um, and like, feel free to use like examples or whatever, but do you feel like sometimes divorce has made you maybe like not trust or not want love or not want marriage?
1: No, because you can't like, well, divorce, like you and like a relationship, but like you and mom and papa, I'll both got with better people and they're both happy now. So I don't see it as like, I don't have a problem with dating or getting a relationship.
0: Parker, I love you. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Okay. So, um, I know that like, thankfully your mom married someone who you have a great relationship and your dad married someone who you have a great relationship, AKA me. Um, but like some of your friends like have not had those great situations. Like have, what have you seen that has maybe affected some of your friends or peers or people you go to school with coming from like a divorced family?
1: Um. Well, my girlfriend, Alexa, her parents are, they're like, that they're not seeing each other or they're not, they're divorced. And she she says it's really hard because she doesn't know if she'll like the other parent because she's older now and she understands a lot more. And she doesn't know if she can trust them or if they're be a good parent or like siblings. So she's always stressed out and she's like cries a lot at school.
0: I don't want to interrupt again with more Debbie Downer data, but educational effects of divorce also play out with heavy consequences. Children of divorce receive lower grades than their peers and are twice as likely to drop out of high school. If you're wondering why I'm sharing this with you, it's because every single person listening knows a child whose parents are divorced. What would it look like for you to love them, to call them, to support them, even if they're adults? Now, life as a teen is already hard, but when your home and heart is split, it's even harder. So, as someone who's gone like gone through divorce, I know you went through divorce as a kid. Um, but what are you, what are you like hearing her as like her frustrations? But then also, like, what are you telling her in the midst of that?
1: I just say like, well, she always says everything happens for a reason, so I always tell her that, and I just say she she like always thinks the worst out of every situation. So I always I always try and bring the positives in every situation for her. so if she, if her if she doesn't like her mom's like husband if they get married then I would just say like trying to get closer with him trying to get to know him and build a better relationship with them so they can so she she'll like him eventually and same with the dad
0: Okay, so I want to know something personal, and this is uh, we've never even discussed this. Don't worry, I was not going to go that personal. But um, what has been like the hardest time that you've had with me as your stepmom?
1: The hardest? Like, what do you mean the hardest?
0: And you can think about this. You can take your time. But like, maybe the it could be a situation like something that totally frustrated you, or something you were so angry about, or it could be an ongoing thing like this annoys you about me as your stepmom.
1: I don't know if it's just a stepmom thing or it's just a girl thing. <laughs> but I'm like, it was like a couple weeks ago when I remember I was on, I said, hold on. When you told me set said table and I, I got so frustrated and Papa was just like, it's a girl thing. You have to go apologize first. <laughs> and I, I got so mad because I didn't want to apologize first. And I was like, she has to apologize to me. I'm not going because." I said, "Hold on," and I thought I said it politely, and she got mad at me. I was like, "I don't, what? What is going on?" And then he, and then he was just like, "You have to go apologize first. That's just what. That's how it works." And I was like, "What?"
0: Okay, so some context: I was making dinner, and I had called you down to set the table. Let's let's actually, this is gonna be a poll on Instagram on who's right on this one. Okay, <laughs> so it's not a girl thing or a stepmom thing. I I'm, think it's a girl thing. I'm gonna put this on Instagram. So I was sweating and cooking with love and making you a great dinner and all that stuff. Right. And then I called you, I said, Parker, come down. It's at the table. And then you didn't come down. Well, I, well, okay. I, wait, wait. Well, And now you tell your side of the story.
1: I, I either, I know. I, I know I either text it or hold on or yeah, or like kind of yelled it from the top of the stairs, hold on. And it happened like three times. Cause I was, I was dealing with something upstairs With my girlfriend and she, she kept asking, asking, I said, hold on. And then I came downstairs finally when I was done. And then I, and then she got super mad. And then I was like, I don't know what I was doing.
0: Okay. So when Parker says she, Parker's actually talking about me and my side of the story was, I felt like you, like, I called you three times and I felt like you just flashed at me. You're like, hold on. And so then, and then you came down to dinner and you weren't even polite about the dinner that I cooked.
1: I, I was screaming because I was at the top of the stairs and like half the time you were, you were probably can't hear me from the bottom of the stairs. So I just scream like at the top of my lungs and you guys think I'm yelling.
0: And I'm going to pause right now and give your father a gold star for parenting and also being a husband. Cause I didn't know that he told you to come apologize to me.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we were we cleaning the dishes and he was like, oh, yeah. he was like, you should go and apologize to Robert. And I was like, I was so confused on why I had to apologize first.
0: Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. You apologize to me.
1: Yeah. Well, well I remember I was, I was about to go to bed and then you came my room and then
0: exactly. you, you, no, no, you
1: didn't, you didn't, you didn't apologize. You, you made me apologize first.
0: Wait, 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 <laughs> what? What do you mean?
1: I remember I was like, getting ready to go to bed and you're, you came in to come pray with me and then...
0: Oh, wait. I'm going to just pause for a second so all the podcast listeners know that I come in and still pray with my 16-year-old son every night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you came in right when you were about to pray and then you were like... We were, you were saying like, do you know why I'm upset? And I said, no. And then <laughs> and then, you're, then you said, I'm, I feel hurt so you have to apologize. And I was like, <laughs> What? So I was super confused and I didn't want to apologize.
0: You know what? This is good though. Is it like, and this is something that I tell you all the time is like, it's preparing you for marriage and it's not a girl thing. It's just like, yeah, it's, when, it's a girl thing. Well, wait, wait, wait. But when someone says I'm hurt, it doesn't right. matter if you think that you hurt them or not. You just, they're hurt. So because they're hurt, you have to say, I'm sorry that I hurt you. And then from there, you can explain the situation. And here's the thing. Now that that time has passed and you are, explain to me why you didn't come downstairs. I had grace. I understood like, oh, you're dealing with things with your girlfriend. Okay. But I didn't know that all I hear is you flashing at me. Oh,
1: I wasn't flashing. You,
0: you were rude. McRude is what you were brother.
1: Everyone screams from the top of the stairs if they're up or downstairs.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what has been the favorite part of meeting your step on?
1: Probably like all the memories we have going trips and, Just like you being there for me, and like, cause I have two two parents, like extra. So it's so more people are there for me when I need help, and it's just it's like more fun with you guys with extra people.
0: Do you remember the time when you? Do you know what I'm going to talk about? When we were at our when we were at our Cherrybrook house. Gird your loins, friends. You are going to hear the honest and ugly version of your friend, Bianca. FYI, I yell in this story. But if you would have been there, it would have been way worse. We're going there and it ain't cute. Can you I tell that story? Lie? Yes. Can I tell that story? <laughs> yeah. So, and then yeah, you can- do you, Why did I get mad? Um, oh, it was the spaghetti story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <gasps> okay. I'm going to tell that story and you could add your details. Because you've been on a journey. I look at it now and like, I think that like, I think a downfall from you sometimes is like anger and rage, right? So you've been like this since you were a kid. So I was so proud of you. Okay, so Matt was at work and he was doing like a leadership training. And so he had to stay late and I drove home and I was exhausted. I went to the market, picked up groceries for us. And it was just me, you, and Rai. And we were at home. And I was making pasta that night. And you came in and you said, oh, it's for dinner. And I told you. And, and then you said, but I don't like long noodles. It, it was
1: long noodle pasta. It, it was, yeah. And I, 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 at the time, I didn't like long noodles because yes. it would, like, get stuck in my throat. And I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> okay. So then I said, you're like, I'm not having – I don't want long, long noodle pasta. And I said, this is what we have, Parker. And then – and then, then I said, okay, fine. You don't have to have long noodle pasta. And I took the pasta and they broke it. They were dry pasta and I broke it in half. I said, see, it's not long. And then you like it's, went upstairs.
1: Still a, I didn't like it because it's like a skinny noodle. I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> so then you came downstairs and you were very polite. You were so sweet. You were like, excuse me, excuse me, B. I don't want long noodle pasta. <laughs> you were very sweet. And I said, thank you for being so polite, Parker. But we're, this is what I'm making. So you either have dinner or you don't have dinner. And then what did you
1: do? Uh, I can't remember. I think I went upstairs. Yes.
0: Yes. And you were crying as if I like killed your dog. Like you were like <laughs> a weeping. Okay. You were seven years old. Ryan was five. You were weeping. Like your life had just ended, you know, it was, it was the most dramatic thing ever. So then I called you and Ryan down. And I made a plate for you. I served you and I, we, we prayed for our food. It was just me and Ryan. And Ryan then says, be Parker's crying on the stairs because you're so dramatic. You went to the top of the stairs and you looked at us and you were crying. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, Parker can come and eat, but we're having long noodle pasta. And then you started crying louder and louder. I said, you know what, Parker, if you don't want to come, if you don't want to come downstairs then go cry in your room, cause I'm not going to hear it. And so you went to your room and you were like banging drawers and like making a scene. And Ryan was a little worried. She said, should we call Papa? Like, what do we do? I said, nope. And then I threw away your food. And she said, well, what's Parker going to eat? I said, I already made him dinner. If he doesn't want to eat, he doesn't have to eat. And then um, I said, okay, Ryan, go ahead and hop in the, in the bath. And I went to go walk Richie, our dog. Do you remember oh, this?
1: I, well, I think I was going to shower.
0: Yes. So she was getting changed to shower and you were about to get into the shower. But then, so I put a leash on the dog and I always take my phone with me. I always take my phone with me. And on this day, I did not take my phone. And so I put a leash on the dog and I walked outside with the dog. And then actually, why don't you tell me what went through your mind and what you did?
1: I don't I don't really know what I was thinking, but, <laughs> but I basically right before my shower, I think it was like wrapped in towel and I ran downstairs and I locked her outside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ran back upstairs in the shower so you couldn't yell at me. And I was in the bathroom and then,
0: Okay and then this is where i pick up the yeah. story so i was walking the dog and something told me go back and get your phone so i i hadn't been gone i mean i was maybe gone maybe 5 minutes, five minutes exactly like maybe 5 minutes and i came back and i op- turned the handle of the door and it was locked and i said this is a joke so i'm like knocking on the door gently no one comes i ring the doorbell no one comes i'm ringing the doorbell i'm knocking on the door i'm pounding on the door and i realized. Sweet God almighty, Parker Mason locked me out of my own house. Now, for everyone who's listening right now, you do not want to get a Latina woman angry, okay? Because it is all bets are off. Okay, I get it. I'm a stepmom and stepmoms and step parents have bad reputations of being like evil, but I was really nice to you. I was like an awesome stepmom. So the fact that he locked me out the, the and the worst part of this is I couldn't even call Matt because Matt was at this training. I I went to go knock on my neighbor's door. They're not home. I knock on my other neighbor's door. They're not home. I literally am like, I couldn't call 911 if I tried. I'm banging on the door. I'm ringing the doorbell. I'm banging on the door so loud that I could feel the door like 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 weighing on its hinges. Finally, Ryan. Ryan opens the door. She's sopping wet, and Ryan, at this time, she's like five or six years old. She's sopping wet. Her eyes are the eyes of saucers, and I fling the door open. Uh-huh. Ryan is terrified. I I sprint upstairs like I am an Olympian track hurdler. I fly up the stairs and I. Swing the door open. Now I don't want to embarrass you, but you were butt naked. You were about to step into the shower. You you like threw your arms down to cover yourself and I screamed. Do you remember do you remember this?
1: I remember I don't remember like you screamed, but I remember it.
0: Oh, I screamed. How dare you <laughs> <laughs> I said, How dare you lock me out of my house? And then you started crying. Do you remember crying? Yeah, I think so. And then I said, you're crying. You're crying. I should be crying. And then, and then I said, take a shower and go to bed. I don't think I have ever lost my ever loving mind on you like that. But then, but then I don't know if you remember. I remember this nice night so vividly. Do you remember what happened afterwards? No. Okay. Did we get ice cream? See? Yes. Again, two points for a cool stepmom. mom. So you took a shower and like you like went to the, your room like a little mouse and it was me and Ryan and we were on the couch and she was like, I'm sorry, I said, it's not your fault. Right, right. It's fine. And then like, um, like I didn't want to call your dad one. Cause I don't want to look like a bad parent Two, I was like, didn't want to ruin his night. And three, I didn't want to tattle on you. Right. And so Ryan and I are watching. Uh, it was like a documentary on penguins. It was like on Netflix or something like that. And like maybe 30 minutes into watching this, I had made her popcorn and we were sitting on the couch and you came down like a little mouse. And it was one of my, oh, I'm crying thinking about it. You have never been so tender. And you said, you apologized. You came up to me and you said, B, I just want to say I'm sorry. And I got up and I gave you a hug. and And I said, and you, you were going to walk up the stairs. And I said, would you like to watch TV with us? And you said, yes. And I said, can I serve you some ice cream? And you said, yes. And then it was like all three of us. And it was, it was like a great night. And then your dad got home and he said, what happened? Like how, what, what happened tonight? and you said nothing everything is fine and then after you went to bed then I told your dad everything that was probably one of the worst memories <laughs> of my life that I look back and say okay yeah okay so if you can change something about then it doesn't have to be me or Jonathan your stepdad but if you can change anything about like step parenting what would it be
1: mm. I don't know if I would like really change anything like it's all it's all good so, so I, one thing. Like about you or him? Just step parenting. It
0: doesn't have to be about him or
1: me. Like what do you mean step parenting? Like the like rules what it's or something?
0: Like to
1: have a well, I'm well, I'm sure for other people it's different, but like the way like our families run it, it's really good. So I don't think I'd change it.
0: I don't think I've ever been so proud as I am now, Parker. I really am. Okay, so if there is one thing that you would tell your mom. One thing that you would tell your mom, and it could be about anything, but like God's original intention is for people to get married and stay together and build that family. And so that is not the case for your mom and your dad. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. Like if you can tell your dad anything that you'd want to tell him, you'll say that. And then if there's anything that you'd want to tell your mom, good or bad or both.
1: I'll say that they're both good parents to me and Ryan. I think, but to me, they're both really good parents. And something I tell my mom is that, like, she won't she won't be alone, and me and Ryan will always be there for her. Because I feel like she she's afraid of being alone, so I feel like she needs to know that me and Ryan will always be there for her.
0: And what would you tell your dad?
1: That, that he's a great parent, and, and he's, he's, a really, he's a really good parent, So, and he works hard for me and Ryan, and I could see it. Even though he gets frustrated with everyone, he's a good parent.
0: I saw you get a little emotional there. Why did you get emotional?
1: For I didn't get
0: emotional. Love your dad? No. Hmm. Uh-huh. Is a true like gangster German tear. Like you got a little misty eyed and then yeah, it went back in. <laughs> Parker, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for keeping it real. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how much do I love you? i 9.5. 9.5, you totally know the score. And the point five is just when you pissed me off. <laughs> I can't wait to go to your football games. I can't wait to see how well you do in school. I can't wait to see what college you go to. I can't wait to see the man that you are going to become. You have changed so much from when you used to get angry and throw mattresses out of your window. And when you used to tear down Lego towers or flip over board games, I see you becoming an amazing man And years ago, I felt like God told me that I was going to raise a world changer and that this man was going to change the world. And I'm privileged. And the reason why I'm so hard on you is because I love you. And the reason why I yell at you is so that you can hear me. And the reason why I push you in academics and in sports is because I really believe that God's going to use you to do really, really big things. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Friends, I really do love that kid, and my goal is to make our relationship a safe place for him. I would love to end the board game of life and this podcast with a happily ever after and a lollipop in the candy castle. But I have to keep it real. You know what's way harder than raising a child? Raising a child that's not yours. Every step parent out there wants to admit the depths of pain and work it takes as a parent, but the world isn't a safe place. With Disney stories like Cinderella and every other typecast villain for a step parent, we aren't afforded the luxury of being honest with how hard and sometimes painful step-parenting can be. For example, if a new mom expresses frustration or sadness about how her life has changed after childbirth, there's a swath of women who surround her with positive affirmation, support, condolences, and in many cases, help. But if a stepmom says that, the most common response we hear is, well, you knew what you were getting into. Do we really? Like, really? The only thing that I really knew was that I fell in love with a man who had two kids. And I knew I wasn't just getting Matt, I was also inheriting his children too. My fear is that people see this life that I fought to build with Matt and the kids and think it's easy. It's not at all. People will reach out at events or via social media and say things like, I'm dating this guy with kids and I'm doing it because you inspired me so much. (laughs) Let's not get things twisted. This mom thing is anything far from ideal. As a step-parent, you are good enough for appointments, school counseling meetings, homework, the school projects, running around, doing errands. But you better step aside for those milestone moments because we need to know our place because society and the ex remind you that you need to know your place. And what I've heard from other people consistently is if something goes wrong emotionally, somehow you're accused because the ex thinks it's your fault. Now, I'm not saying that this is my case, per se. I'm saying I hear this repeatedly from lamenting step-parents. We are required to parent the children like they're our own while acting like they're not our own. It's all so confusing. So how do I deal with reconciling this tension? I decide what kind of step-parent I want to be. When I became a step-parent, I went to the word of God for my guide and my handbook because let's get real, friends, every step-parenting book out there is so friggin' depressing. I made note of two step-parents, one in the Old Testament, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and one in the New Testament, Joseph, the husband of Mary. Sarah was the matriarch of the entire Israelite community, but she had a stepchild and baby mama drama. Sarah was such a mean stepmom that she banished the child and the baby's mama, Hagar, out of the community. Because of her hatred and immaturity, an entirely other different people group arose and had hatred and bitterness for generations to come. Why? Because Sarah was a jealous stepmom, and it started it all. Let's take Joseph. Joseph was engaged to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Scripture is clear that Joseph, against the cultural norm, took in Mary and raised Jesus as his own. He was a good man who didn't banish Mary or Jesus, but instead claimed them as his own. Let that sink in. Joseph parented Jesus, and Jesus was the most amazing human to ever walk the earth. So what if we take the mindset in our decisions, that we can be a stepparent like Sarah, who raised and breeded dissension, or we can be like Joseph, who raised a world changer and loved this child like it was his own. I believe that Parker and Ryan will be world changers, not simply because God has called them and anointed them, though he has, but also because God has trusted me to love, cultivate, discipline, develop, and challenge my two kids. For the struggling step-parents, keep going you never know how God can use you. For the stepkids out there, go thank your stepparent for doing the best that they could. For the bio parents who married the saint that took on your kids, take them on a magical vacation to Mexico on a beautiful white sand beach. Buy them a new handbag and give them an entire day at the spa. Oh, was that a secret message from Matt Oltoff? Sorry friends, I was thinking out loud again. Listen, as we close out this season, let me thank you for being part of We're Going There. I'm so grateful for my new friends. We will be back for a new season. In fact, season two is just in a few weeks, and we'll have guests like musician and rapper Lecrae, writer Annie Downs, and even my dad, Pancho Wattis. If this podcast was a gift to you, would you give a gift to me? Subscribe to this podcast, rate it, and share it with your friends. My hope is to continue to plant seeds of hope, faith, and love into ears around the world. Thanks for joining me for my first season. I'm so grateful for you. Now, let's go there.